Welcome to On White Horses Podcast. If you've already heard this on the radio, you can fast forward about uh, 13 minutes. But uh, welcome, and I hope you're encouraged today. I would like to share with you what God has done for me. The reason why I want to share that with you is because the Bible is very clear that God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one man, he'll do for another. That means that I am not more important than you are. And there is no human in God's eyes that has more value than the other. That God loves every single one of us individually. And he put a value on the inside of you that this world cannot steal. Your choices are so valuable. And that there is a God and that there is a devil. And the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. And God wants to give you life. God sees value in you every day and that you have purpose when you wake up. It doesn't matter what's going on around you or where you think you find yourself when you look in the mirror. God has eternal value for you. The devil sees that you are made in the image of God and that his breath is alive in you and he wants to destroy you. I know that because When I was a teenager, I struggled with depression and emotions. I wanted to be accepted by other people. I wanted people to want to hang out with me all the time. And what happened was, is I began to have times or seasons, uh, you know, like Christmas or Thanksgiving or maybe July 4th, that I would get so excited about being with friends and being a teenager and having my driver's license and going and doing stuff and felt free as a bird. But then when that great weekend would stop emotionally, I would dive off low, very, very low. I didn't like that. What happened over time is I was looking for this value that I could find on the outside of me and the highs would get really high and the lows would get lower and as I went on it got worse then I began to struggle with anger lash out at people during the low times I didn't like that at all then I began hating myself like why am I doing that why is that in me I'll never forget it someone gave me a Gideon Bible and I'd read it at night before I'd go to bed Now, if you don't have a Bible, I want to encourage you to get one. You can buy one at Walmart. You can order one online. But you need a Bible. Because in the Bible, there's verses that will help you. And I read some words that were in red. And it was Jesus talking. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you try to find your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life in me, you will truly find it. I thought, man, that is weird. So I carried on with my life. But what happened is my emotions began to control my life over time. Then I was owned by my emotions. My days only worked if I was having a good day. And I started following what I feel. And I began to spiral at times. So when I was having a low time, I'd hide out, wouldn't go hang out with friends, 
But when I felt pretty good and wanted to hang out, then I'd go hang out with friends. And it was really fun. But the time started getting separate, farther apart. I'll never forget. I was laying in my room. I was 19 years old. And I was struggling with hopelessness. I said, God, I remember those words in red that I read myself. Would you show me what the way, the truth, and the life really is? And I'll never forget that the Holy Spirit came in my room. I didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was. But the Holy Spirit came in my room. That you, I could tangibly feel that. And he loved on me and held me like a boy. You know, when you ask God for stuff, he'll do it for you. But if you don't ask, he will not do it. He is actually waiting on you to make a choice. Did you know that you're a free will moral agent? You've been made in the image of God. That's what the Bible says. And he wants you to choose to love him back. The gospel of John chapter three, verse 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You have to choose to believe in him. The Gospel of John, chapters 15, 16, and 17, are life-changing chapters. Now, I didn't know that at 19 years old when I was laying in my room crying out to God. But because I asked, the Holy Spirit showed up. Now, nothing miraculously happened at that moment, but he soothed my heart and put a spark of hope in me that I wasn't forgotten and I'm not overlooked. I'm not a throwaway human. And that began a journey on the inside of me, much like a seed form, and it began to sprout. Now, it took time and me choosing to go back to him and ask God for help. But I want to remind you again that God is no respecter of persons. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you too. You don't need a church building. You don't need a denomination. You need God. And when you ask him in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit will come himself. That is what the Gospel of John 15, 16, and 17 says. That humanity actually has a created purpose created by God since the beginning of time. And it's because the I am of the I am wants to fellowship with you heart to heart or spirit to spirit, whatever words you like to prefer to use. But you have to choose. See, God even created your emotions. And that's what I began to learn for the next five years and in my 20s. That my emotions were for me to enjoy life. Let me try to explain. I'll never forget in fifth grade when my great-grandpa uh, was working on the farm. And the brakes went out on the potato truck that he was driving, helping harvest the potatoes out of the field. He was going down a hill. The brakes went out. He was fully loaded. Went down the hill, couldn't make the corner, flipped it. The old gasoline 10-wheeler caught on fire and burned him to a crisp. He died quickly, 
But I just couldn't believe in fifth grade that he died because I spent almost every day with him. He was so important to me in my life and he was gone. I really think that that was part of my emotions running my life instead of me handling things some other way. Because I loved seeing Grandpa. He took me fishing. We ate dinner on Sundays. It was was amazing. Every week it was powerful. He always scooped me up, hugged me, asked me how my week was, and I looked forward to it every single time. And then he was gone. And it was such an emptiness. See, those things in life are what help shape and mold you to who you are. But it's not always positive. Sometimes it can be negative. And my emotions were what started to tell me where my value was. See, your emotions were designed for you to be able to enjoy life but not be ran by this life. I'll never forget when my first child was born. I never felt loved like that. When I looked in Jennifer's eyes and we held Kendra, it was amazing. Movies can't put that the way it, what it feels like when it's our own child. That love was overpowering. The tears rolled down my eyes. Now, if I didn't know what loss was, like when grandpa died, I wouldn't know what absolute joy was when my daughter was born. Your emotions is what makes life rich. Like, how about when you graduated high school or college or bought a new house or a car? It was awesome to have something new. But when you were done or the new wore off, it was a car. Or it was a house you had to tend to. And then those things can then go from a high to a low and be overwhelming. Well, what God has taught me is that stewarding the life he gave you where you're at and recognizing that your emotions were never meant to be served, but to enjoy, it changes your perspective. Now, my perspective did not have the ability to change without God's help himself. That's right. The creator of life was interested in teaching me spirit to spirit or heart to heart on what his value for me was on the inside. And I want you to know that he has the same desire for you. He wants you to know how valuable you are and he's been waiting and he loves you and he's waiting for you to choose to love him back. But you can't love yourself more than you love him. You can't have both. What he offers you though, if you'll love him back, he promises you eternal life. That's what Christianity is. It's a promise of eternal life. Death will lose its sting. Emotions will not control you anymore. That when you actually say, God, I need help. I would like to walk with you. Would you teach me to see through your eyes and not just my own? Would you show me what this walk with you is with all of my heart? The kind of selflessness that you've provided through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Help me overcome this selfishness so I can live selflessly and enjoy life and enjoy other people. It's an exciting day because he's already forgiven you. You're purchased by the blood of Jesus. His love is already right here for you right now. But the question is, will you love him back? That means you choose the life that he has more than your own. And he'll immediately begin to help you sort through your emotions and your memories and overcome and know which ones are from the devil and which ones are actually from him. He only speaks through faith, hope, and love. He only gives good and perfect gifts. He only shares light with you in dark places. Anything else is of the devil. So what is so powerful is you can choose this day who you will serve. And it is worth making a choice today. So everything that's happened in our life wasn't necessarily from God. And it's important that we understand that because if we're free will moral agents, that means that, you know, things happen. That means we can make our own choices. That means people who are married can walk away from their commitment in marriage. That means people can go to school if they want to or they don't have to go to school. That you choose how you want to steward your life for this little slot of time that you get to make your own choice. That's why I'm trying to encourage you that I have found peace, joy, hope, love, a promise of eternal life by choosing him. But again, like when my grandpa passed away, there was a pastor that said, well, that must have been God's will or God's going to use this for his personal gain. And the reality was it made me mad at God because why would God take my grandpa? Well, I found out later the truth is the pastor just didn't know what to say and he was trying to comfort me and he had good intentions but had nothing to do with the truth. The truth was that the brakes went out on his truck and he, his life is fragile just like yours and mine is. And he burnt in the cab. No, that wasn't God's will. But it was just what happened. See, we live in a sin-fallen, sin-infested world. That means bad things happen. And good things can happen too. But God created this life. And when humanity stepped away from God... He's still reaching out to us continually. That's what he's done through Jesus Christ. I mean, it's amazing when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are their individual testimonies of when they walked with Jesus Christ and what he had to say. And those words are actually extremely valuable to us. But you have to get your Bible and get it out and read it. If you would just read one chapter a day or when you have time, two or three, or whatever you feel comfortable, because God's not going to force himself on you. But you have to go and take your time and choose to seek him. I would like to share with you in Matthew chapter 7. This is Jesus' words. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. 
and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your own children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Those verses have changed my life, especially since I've had Kendra, because I love her. I'd give my life for her in a second, wouldn't even pause. And then he whispers these words to us. Now, he's not calling me evil because I love Kendra, but you really can't compare good and evil or light and darkness He wants you to know that he just doesn't have love for you. He is love. And when you ask him for help through prayer, or you read the Bible and say, Lord, I'd like to walk with you spirit to spirit with all of my heart. That's all he needs to meet you where you're at and begin to help you sort through things that have hurt you. See, all the devil wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy, deceive you, trick you. Because the devil's not big enough to destroy God. I mean, he's just not strong enough. But his way of getting even with God is to destroy his children. That's you and I. But if we will put our faith, hope, and love in God and begin to have a relationship with him and trust him and do our best to love and forgive That's when the kingdom of God comes alive on the inside of you. And there's a promise that that will last for eternity. That you will be in the family of God. See, religion will try to divide and conquer. Religion is a very, very horrible thing. And the devil will sneak in through different ways and try to divide and conquer people through religion where right or wrong is the issue. But what Jesus had to say and what the Holy Spirit wants to do is meet you in your path of life right now where you're at and walk with you because he says you are valuable and when you say lord would you just show me that's the same thing as knocking on the door asking for it to be open those are metaphors but when you pray and you ask god he wants to meet you where you're at He's not worried about how good you are. He's not worried about how much you need to change. He already knows all the sin in your life. And he already knows why you do it and why you're broken to do it. And a masterpiece of deception is when the devil totally does something to hurt you and take away your hope. And you will blame God. He just laughs. And will say, I have him right where I want him. He'll never believe God. He'll never see his goodness. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't have love. He doesn't have life. He'll use you, and you'll think you're having a good time because you're serving yourself, but you'll have moments of gladness. But then you'll dive off the other side, and you're not happy at all. And then it tries to get deeper. 
And then pretty soon you can't figure out what life is. I can't believe how many phone calls I've been getting lately of people who need prayer and their kids have committed suicide or they want to commit suicide. And I pray immediately and bind the devil off their mind and say, devil, I break your contract in Jesus' name. You cannot have them. Get your hands off them. I don't know how to pray, but I know as a king's kid, I have my father's authority to show them that they're valuable, to pray for them, to look them in the eyes and say, look, I love you and God loves you. How do I know that I love you? It's because God's loved me. And he says that love that he's given me, he's asked me to give to other people. That's what Christianity is. It's not a measuring stick that, oh, I need to change this and this. And oh, man, if I could just do this. It's like the silliness of, hey, son, you need to hurry up and clean up and then get in the shower and wash off. It's very important that you clean up before you get in the shower. No, what's the point of a shower? It's the same thing with a relationship with God. He doesn't need you to change because if you could, you already would have. What he needs you to do is love him. He wants you to love him back. His love has not stopped. Now, you may have ignored it. You may have tried to figure it out through your own mind. But what's really awesome is when you begin to believe in Jesus and invite the Holy Spirit, the Bible is very specific that you get born again. And what that means is that you have a new life on the inside of you that will actually supersede the life that you've been given in this world. Now, your mom and dad gave you life. That's the created value of a man and a woman. That's the way God designed family. For a man and a woman to have intimacy. Yes, intimacy. And to produce babies. And God wants to be in the middle of all of it and a part of it and an identity that you can have. That's why I want to say it again. God's no respecter of persons. Now, he can't control what your great-great-grandpa did and then your grandpa did it. And then, you know, generational curses is what the Old Testament talks about it. That's why there is so much hope in Christianity. Because even now, me and my wife have been married 25 years next year. But we still have to take time to sit down beside each other and hold each other's hand and pray and ask God and pray for each other and pray for our children and pray for our friends. And however the Lord brings it to our mind, we ask the Lord to help. And that is a relationship that God is interested in walking with every single human. Even if you don't have family or whatever this world has dealt you the cards that you have, it doesn't change how God has life for you and God will add life to you. I don't know how much the enemy has tried to steal, kill or destroy you, but I know this, you can become a child of the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is at hand right now. And when you're willing to pray, the Holy Spirit's willing to meet you where you're at on this trail of life. And it's very, very important that you quit letting things that may have happened or things people may have told you or things you may have experienced in such a way 
that has kind of trapped you in a cocoon. I don't want you to be trapped. God doesn't want you to be trapped. It's not by accident. You know, some people are very adventuresome. I have some friends that if they see a wall, they want to climb it. If they see a mountain, they're going to the top. But not everybody's like that. Or some people may have been like that a long time ago, but they just got wore out. Well, I want you to know that no matter what your age is or what your emotions are or what how you're trying to deal with life, the author of life wants to walk with you heart to heart. And he's no respecter of persons. It's very, very important, the power of prayer. It's very important. The simplicity of reading your Bible, the New Testament. You need to read what Jesus did at the cross, what God intended for you. When you call on the name of Jesus, there are so many verses in here that are life-changing that will actually bring more hope. I mean, would it, would it be like a deeper breath, a fresh air? Is that That's how I like to describe it some days, even for me. You know, like in John chapter 15, I referred to this earlier. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That it may bear more fruit. Already, you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Those are powerful verses to me. You know, a lot of us, well, I was raised on a farm, so I understand trees and we raised uh, cherries and apples and things like that. So it makes a lot of sense to me. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll try to explain just for a minute what it means to me. And then maybe the Holy Spirit will meet you where you're at and tell you what it can mean to you. You don't have to see these verses exactly the way I see them. That's what religion is. And remember, God's after a relationship with you. It would be like me, if you're married, telling you how your marriage has to work, how you should treat your wife because of how my marriage works and how I treat my wife and how I work with her. No, it doesn't work that way. You cannot find two marriages the same, even with similar families. Because God is that creative when he makes things personalized. And that is what makes life rich. We don't need people telling us who we are. We don't need confusion. We need to be connected to the true vine. What makes Jesus the true vine? I'll tell you, he was born of a virgin. That means he's the second Adam. For those of you who are, uh, understand doctrine, Adam and Eve were the beginning. They were deceived. You know, ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They decided to let their intellectual perspective judge what's right and wrong, good and evil. 
And then God had to separate them, but he had a plan to restore it. Then the second Adam, Adam means the son of God, was Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, and he had one mission, to restore humanity back to knowing their value in God's eyes. That's why when you read the Bible and you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that is the documentation. That's why the Bible has more copies sold, millions and millions of copies sold, because God wants you to know that you have value. You have value. And then it's documented right here in John 15. That if you will stay connected to the way that Jesus Christ himself taught you how to follow the Holy Spirit and the doctrine of love and forgiveness and restoration and family to cast out devils to heal the sick to raise the dead to give hope to the hopeless that's what he he says again I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser every branch in me that does not bear fruit is taken away in other words if you acknowledge Jesus and yeah yeah I learned that when I was a kid yeah 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 I did and then you live for yourself and you don't let that love grow and those roots in your heart and the soil of your heart grow from the true vine and then you produce the same fruit as Jesus did what was that fruit Showing people that they're valuable. Like, go go read in the Gospels. I don't want to go and read. But the woman at the well is amazing. Or the leper. That when they're walking from one town to another, cries out to God. And people are yelling, get him away. And she's like, no, stop it. He needs value. And he walks over there. And says, what would you like my father to do for you? I would just like to have my life back. If it is your will, honey, I just picture him, I, tears welling up in his eyes saying, I know my father and I know it's his will. Be healed. That's a vine I want to be connected to. I don't want to be depart. I don't want to be apart from this love. I want to bear fruit too. That's why he says. That by just listening to the word, I'm going to read these verses again. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. I hope you realize in this no respecter of persons, when you invite the Holy Spirit, There was pruning that took place on the inside of me when he whispered, it wasn't my will that your grandpa died that way, but it is what happened. And it hurt so bad. Because in my mind, I think, why would God do that? But God didn't do it. Equipment malfunctioned. There was a young man, this is just last week, that was coming home from a bonfire good kid a good kid and his brother was following him in a half ton truck behind him and they were just coming across the country coming home and a big old buck 
jumped across the road, just like they do with any other car, except the young man was driving his motorcycle in front of his brother, and his brother had his headlights on and watched the whole thing. And the deer tried to jump in front of him and took the young man off of his motorcycle. And he was dead when he hit the ground. I don't know why things like that happen. I'm not God. I can't pretend to know. But I know this. It wasn't God's will that that little, that that deer hit that boy and that boy died. And he has like four brothers and sisters. and I mean, it, it's heart-throbbing. I'm not going to blame God for that. That deer wasn't a, a puppet. And that boy wasn't, you know, religion says so many silly things to try to make people feel better. But I know this. I know that boy loved the Lord. I know with the promises of that God has for humanity that God received that little boy. He didn't take that little boy. He received it. You know, when Adam and Eve made a mistake and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, something happened to this world and sin entered in this world. The Bible is very clear. There were no weeds. There wasn't rain. You know, science even tells you that rain came after a flood, that, that we were actually set up on this earth for a self-sustaining. We still are, actually. Just political things are trying to lie to us, to twist us through fear and control us. But when we understand the difference between the kingdom of God and the devil, you can begin to sort through these things with the Holy Spirit and know, ah, they're lying about some stuff. Well, just like that little boy. He went on to heaven. I'm not blaming God that it was premature. I'm not. I know that deer is not a puppet. I know that that boy wasn't thinking, I'm going to hit that deer. No, all that stuff's foolishness. But what we can do is lean on God and hold on to the promises of eternal life and walk with God. And whether we die today or we die tomorrow, we have something we can hold on to because we can only see in part. But someday, we'll see the whole picture. But that's not today. But we can believe. We can believe. And when we stay connected to the vine and we believe, there's pruning that takes place. You know, my grandpa dying, that, that's a branch that is somewhat of pain, quite a bit of pain in my heart and wanted me to even avoid family for years and years because I didn't want to get too close because what if it happened again? That's what how it affected me as a little boy. But what I found through prayer and, and spending time with God and getting alone with him for a few minutes in my pickup truck or riding my horses, trained horses for a lot of years, and just talking to God about it. And then he would begin to prune me like you would a tree that wants to bear more fruit and cut that branch that just really wasn't bearing any fruit, holding me down for more growth. What was that? Blaming God for something that he had nothing to do with. And I don't know exactly why it happened. I just know we live in a sinful and sin-infested world. Jesus said himself that the devil is the God of this world. But that he is here to restore humanity in its rightful place in God's heart. That's good news. So that's why in verse 4, let's just read it again. It's only four verses. 
I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word. And I have spoken it to you. Abide me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I love parables because it's a natural example of a spiritual principle. Our mind immediately wants to quantify and justify exactly what it means. But you know, I found that in the Bible, there's different seasons in life that the exact same verses help me understand or walk through things. Now, how does that work? I don't know. I really don't know how that works. But if I allow those verses to change and give me the ability to forgive and let go, it's like the dry places in my heart become moistened and softened. It makes life so much more sweeter. Does it make it perfect? No, I'm sorry, it doesn't. But I know that Jesus dying on the cross, shedding his blood, purchased us back. And that word and promises of the word of God that come through the Bible, that come through the Holy Spirit, that come through prayer. And when you're willing to lay stuff down that he asks you to lay down, not me, that he asks you to lay down. It's amazing how life can become so sweet and no one, no matter where you're at in life, can steal that from you. Just like in my room when I just wanted to end my life too, when I was a teenager. And I asked him to show me the way, the truth, and the life. He sent his Holy Spirit to meet me where I was at just to tell me that I'm valuable. Well, I want you to know it's not by chance that you're listening to this and I want you to know that you are valuable. If you don't feel valuable, then I would encourage you to resist the devil. Resist the devil. Get a Bible. Read the book of James. It's amazing. Read 1 Peter. 1 Peter is, he's crazy. He was the one that when Jesus was walking across the lake and everybody was freaking out and he said, Jesus said, hey, fear not, it's me. Peter had guts. He says, okay, fine, if it's you, then let me come out there and walk with you. And he did. Because he was going to stay connected to the vine. Now granted, he got his eyes off God. And when he sank, Jesus reached out and took his hand. Because that's how he is. Whether we're sinking or floating, Jesus will take us by the hand and follow through. I know we can't change, but in him we can change. Now, Peter's the same guy when Jesus let him know 
that he's going to die and uh, you can't go with me. Boys, disciples, you can't go with me because I'm going to die, but I'll be back. Peter goes, hey, I don't want you to do that. I don't want that ever to happen to you. And he, Jesus looked him in the eyes and said, get behind me, Satan. You don't know, Peter, you don't know what spirit you're serving right now. I mean, that is amazing to me. Because I've lived my life like that. There's been times where I know that I was not following God. I know that I was reacting to the wrong, yeah, I was reacting to the wrong spirit. So now it's my heart's desire to try to react to the spirit of God, the spirit of love, the spirit of grace, to do the same things that Jesus was. What was that? To show people are valuable, to believe that I'm valuable. And that I can have faith like a little child. And I can abide in the kingdom of God. God's not looking for perfection. And if that's something that's beating beating you up, I would encourage you to speak to that in Jesus' name and bind the devil off your mind. The devil cannot have you. God already called you valuable. It's very important that you know that. And when you will take time it's amazing how, I'm not kidding, 10 minutes a day will keep so many things solid on the inside of you. And the enemy will not be able to manage you. I mean, the Bible says that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He has no rights to devour you. But if you let him, you're a free will moral agent can destroy I hope this is encouraging you because walking with God is what makes life rich I don't want you to walk with God like me I want you to walk with God that's right I want you to walk with God I don't need, I encourage you to go to a good spirit filled church a good church but don't go to a church that puts burdens on you. Don't go to a church that has you lost and wishing you were changed or wish you were better or wishing and get caught up in works. It's one thing to help people because God loved you and you love them. It's a whole nother thing to help people because you feel guilty or that there's rewards in heaven. I got to get those rewards. No, no, stop, stop, stop. God wants a love relationship with you, just like my kids. I, I just want to love them. I want to share life with them. I mean, do, is there things they have to help me on on the ranch? Yeah, there is. That's part of life. But whether they have time or don't or can't do it or are going through a season they don't want to, it doesn't change my love for them. And I'm not going to stop trying to spend time with them every day. I've already found some seasons that they don't want to spend time with their dad. I'll never forget it because I was taking time to pray that night and I was so upset and God whispered in my ear spiritual ear in my heart however you want to say it I don't know lots of people say it different ways but it was like God whispered in my ear going I want you to know I've never been upset when you've treated me that way wow what I've never been upset when you've treated me that way that changed my life 
I am getting to where I like having my life changed. Change is good. Well, I'm going to close for today, and we're going to try to do many more of these to encourage you to live life. But would you begin to say stuff like this, like constant change is here to stay. Constant change is here to stay because I'm going to walk with God. And I'm going to welcome his change because he only has good and perfect gifts for me. Just like it says in the Bible, if your son asked for bread, would you give him a stone? Chew on this boy. No, you wouldn't. I love that. I want to walk with God. I'm not evil. But God loves me so much more than I love myself. And if I'm willing to trade my selfish selfish love for his selfless love, you'll enjoy life more than you ever have before. Thank you for taking time to listen. I want you to know that God wants to walk with you and he's not ashamed of your brokenness or your hurt. And if you're willing to abide in him, he will make your life worth living. God bless you and we'll talk again soon.